This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO, Missoula's news and weather station. Hey, welcome everybody. Thursday already. It's uh, it's our number one of Talkback. Brought to you this morning by Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery. Authentic New York bagels and pastries. You know, they come all the way from Little Italy right to you right here in Missoula. At Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery out on North Reserve. Also brought to you by Phillips Janitorial. Now, if you have a home or a business that needs cleaning and you don't have time to do it yourself, get it done right because no job is too big or small for Phillips Janitorial. Give them a free estimate at 260-6617. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Well, here we are, and uh, Nick Christensen uh, bore the uh, delightful news. I assumed that uh, that uh, Congressman Ryan Zinke was going to be on the phone with us, but he'll actually be here in person. He will be, yeah. This is, uh, I think, his first visit to Missoula uh, since being sworn in. So, yeah, yeah well... Uh, I'm not exactly sure what he's doing in Missoula. I'm sure he will tell us when he's here, but they uh, they knew he had a trip planned and reached yeah, out and yep. said, hey, do you want to have him on? And every time we're going to say yes. So, well, as yeah. you can see, I already have my list of questions written out here. Yes. So. I'm sure our audience is uh, writing oh, them down, too. Absolutely. <laughs> He'll be here in about a half an hour. Although, you know, he's very, very famous for coming in early. He does so. sometimes come in early yeah. and, yeah, we'll and see. Uh, spoil our open phones. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, <laughs> that was during the election, though. Right, so, you right. know, may, maybe not this time. But we'll anyway, see. anyway. Hey, I, I had I had a marvelous opportunity yesterday to talk with a, a great young gentleman named Patrick O'Connell. Uh, as you remember, uh, he was he was a linebacker for the Grizz, so award-winning linebacker, record-setting linebacker, and, and uh, played magnificently uh, at the at the Hula Bowl last uh, last Saturday. Uh, I guess he not not one, two, three, but he had four unassisted tackles in the first half. Oh wow! So he did great, and then I had a chance to visit with him, and uh, he was talking about uh, his his dreams and goals and. He's down there in Orlando, Florida right now, working out with a professional, uh, 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 a guy who helps, you know, young men prepare for the draft. So they're doing all sorts of things like that. And he said he'll be there for two months, right? Yeah, yeah be there for two months. And right. Yeah, and he, if for people that don't remember, last year, he was one of the finalists for the Defensive Player of the Year right. award. Buck, Buck Buchanan. Right? Yeah, and, and right. barely got squeaked out. And then, honestly, the numbers that he was putting up this year, if he wouldn't have got injured for the, I think he missed two or three right. games right. Um, total, but his stats were through the roof. So, I mean, hopefully uh, hopefully some NFL teams have taken notice. I know that in your story you said that he already met with scouts from the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Bears, the Steelers, and the Packers. So, right. I mean, you know. Those teams are at least recognizing him, and, you know, we would love him to get drafted. That'd be awesome. Now, I also reached out to Justin Ford, and uh, I, I have not heard back from him. Hopefully we will, but if, if he does call me back, I will be more than happy to do a story on him as well. But it, it, uh, the, the, the nice thing about O'Connell, he's a Montana kid, uh, flathead kid, and uh, we're just really, really thrilled. I think Ford has a really good chance to get drafted. Yeah. I don't know where. I mean, but he, he has the intangibles. He's got the measurements. As people probably remember last year, he had nine interceptions. <laughs> you know, and I was shocked because he was also, he right. just barely missed out at being a finalist, right, for right. the defensive play. I think he was n number four. Right. Um, but, uh, I mean, I was shocked that he came back for his senior year because of how well he did uh, last season. But this season... 
No one threw to him. It I was, know. It was <laughs> everyone knew just we're just not going to throw to him all I, year. And when they did, he didn't allow catches. Yeah, so. I, I mentioned that in the story. I, so they, they're, they're, well, well, gosh, how come he didn't have all those, those interceptions? <laughs> well, when you look over there and see number, what, it was number was number he, twenty. What, he, he number? switched to six, right? Yeah, he switched yeah. number six. And you look over and see number six, you realize who it is. I'm not going to throw over there. Yeah, no. I don't want to go in the other way. <laughs> no. and, but but the one thing that he did, I remember, um, I think it was in the Eastern Washington game, where he, he took that interception back and then tossed the ball into the stands. Oh, yeah. You know, you're not allowed to do that yeah. in college. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so if people are wondering, well, how come we're kicking off from like the 15-yard line? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> but I one one little one little uh, little trivial note here. Uh, Danny Bedard and I are have the privilege of reading uh, the, the names of the graduates when they go up to get their diplomas. And by the luck of the draw, I just happened to get not only Malik Flowers, but I also oh. got Justin Ford. Oh, nice. I got both of them. And uh, you but, knew those names. You knew how to oh. pronounce those, right? <laughs> those <are> so, yeah. <laughs> easy. Uh, it was It was hard not to say, Justin! <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, you had a lot of practice with those names. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that, yeah, that's just, just well, a couple of little things that mean a lot to me. Not to anybody else, but what the heck? No, I mean, because I mean, these these kids that stay through their senior years. I right. mean, you see them all four years, you know, calling their names, seeing their seeing their plays and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, it is special. It's you know, because that that doesn't really happen in like some of the big schools. You know, no. you look at yeah. other sports, and I mean, even in college football, they they're kind of there for two years, and then if they're really good, they're gone. You know, and so it's kind of nice. Most most Montana players they stick around for their uh, their full four years usually, and, sometimes and the, five. Yeah, and, and the nice thing is both those young men. Uh, uh, although Justin was Justin uh, a part of the transfer portal, he came in from someplace else. Or I can't remember. Yeah, I honestly can't remember. But 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 I will say in the last two years, uh, they they both decided to stay in Montana, mm-hmm. which was huge. I, I realized we didn't go as far as we wanted to go, mm-hmm. but we went as far as we went, partially because of those two young men. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, congratulations to both of them, and best of luck. Uh, I just hope one of them or both of them will will be seeing them in an NFL uniform eventually. That'd be so, awesome. You bet. All right, well, we're going to take a little break. 721-1290. What's on your mind this morning? Doesn't have to be football. It can be anything. Uh, 721-1290 is the number. We'll open phones all the way until 9 o'clock. And then uh, Ryan Zinke is scheduled to join us right here in the studio. So we'll be doing a lot of looking up because he's a tall guy. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we'll be back with more of Talk Back right after this. Well, it's nice to know that uh, everything is wonderful in in the land of KGVO right now. <laughs> no one's worried or concerned about anything. Uh, no one's upset about anything. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. What about those documents everyone's been talking yeah, about? People yeah, yeah, have, yeah, yeah. Have opinions on that? Well, right? well uh, according to Dan Bongino, who uh, you know follows the show every day, mm. he's totally convinced that the uh, the documents that were stored with Mr. Biden have everything to do with Hunter Biden and the fact that uh, many of those uh, classified documents may deal with Ukraine. And, you know, the, all, all the, the postulations continues. We, we really don't know uh, anything about that, aside from the fact that there are some documents there. And so uh, the, the, the powers that be in the media, uh, just like, you know, NBC, CBS, CNN, climbing all over Donald Trump, 
-hmm. Now Fox News and other uh, conservative media climbing all over President Biden. Those press conferences are just agonizing to watch. I mean, I I only catch clips here and there, you know, and and most of them are Fox News reporters. Um, uh, But it's like... You know, well, remind me of her name. I'm sorry, I always forget it. Uh, I, I, it's Saint Germain or something. Yeah. Like that. Well, any every time she answers or doesn't answer a question, I, right. it's like it just they, it seems to be going in circles and circles and circles because she keeps saying, "Well, I can't say anything," or "I already answered that," and it's like, "Well, you didn't answer that." But it, it's just yeah, the whole thing's a mess. But we do have Dave on the line, so I guess we can get to Dave's call. Corrine uh, Jean Pierre. There it is. That's oh, so sorry about that. My apologies, Ms. Pierre, if you're listening. <laughs> Might okay. as well. Dave, Dave, what's on your mind, man? Thanks for calling. Yes, I'm curious if, you know, people, they're going to force Biden to testify. I mean, obviously he's not talking, so should he be forced to testify to Congress? You know, when Donald Trump was not allowed, not forced to testify, so I'll be curious to see if that happens. Well, that's that, there's a precedent right there. If President Trump did not do it, uh, then maybe he has maybe he has the 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 privilege of saying, "I choose not to testify." I I don't know. I'll be honest with you. Right. As as far as you know, the, there is an investigation on his son. Of what, and I'm not going to go into the details, but right. uh, as far as I know, it isn't a crime to receive money from a relative. So, I mean, if, if, that's, the, if that's the information, that's the, that's the penalty for J- Joe and his son, well, then that's not going to stand up in court. Uh, we'll wait and see if, if it goes well, to trial. And- well, un- un- unless it was meant as a bribe. That would definitely that would definitely be a crime. So right, you have to prove that. Yeah, Just I know. Receiving money doesn't mean anything because Trump got money from his dad. I mean, if you get money from a relative, uh, you have to prove that it, that the it meant something or there were strings attached, and that has to be proven. That everyone is innocent until proven guilty. But you know, I, I what's been bothering me the most recently is Ukraine. Yeah. And some of the statements being made about it. You know, one of them is that, that Russia had to invade Ukraine because Ukraine posed a threat. Well, uh, Finland poses a threat. China poses a threat. The United States poses a threat to, Ukraine, uh, to Russia. I mean, that's, I mean if the reason he invaded Ukraine is because he could get away with it. He thought it was a cheap, easy victory, and, it, and he could be emperor for life then. So, I mean, that argument is just just not true. And then the other argument that I hear all the time about the United States is keeping Ukraine in the war, causing it to be extended because we give them weapons. Well, Ukraine chose, the people of Ukraine chose to fight. Weapons or not, they could have surrendered and, and let uh, Putin send them all off to to. The gulag, the gulag, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, well I, 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 I do know that uh, the president Zelensky has been pretty tough on uh, on uh, on the West for not providing him with what he really, really wants right now, which are tanks. And so uh, those tanks are not forthcoming. Of course, they're pretty spendy, and I am not sure exactly if the United States or Germany or Great Britain or any of the other uh, countries are willing to put forth some of their their very finest uh, artillery, if you will, uh, for Ukraine. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. 
Well, I'm I'm bothered by the volume. It's not enough. I mean, you're sending 50 uh, um, Bradley fighting vehicles. We have 4,000 of them in inventory. That why we built 4,000 was for a possibility of a war in Europe, and and we have a war in Europe. So why not send you know 500 or or a thousand of them to Ukraine? I mean, they're they're just sitting around rusting. And as far as our tanks, uh, Abrams, there were 6,000 of them made, but, but unfortunately we, used, uh, we didn't do diesel ta- uh, engines. We went to turbines, and they're difficult to – they spent a lot of time in the shop being repaired. So uh, I'm not sure they're of much value to the Ukrainians. But other, other countries should send their stuff. This, this is important because Russia is going to overwhelm Ukraine eventually. Uh, if they if they stay in this war for a few years, they're going to build a ten million man army, and they're going to just overwhelm them. All right, we're going to we're going to. But thanks for your for your call, Dave. We'll move along. Uh, this is Tom. Tom, good morning. You're on Talkback. It's open phone, sir. What's on your mind? Yeah, good morning. Yeah, we we should just absolutely you know go full on in Ukraine. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> anyway, um, I'd like to talk a little bit about those little units they built for the homeless. Oh, yes, 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 absolutely. The the, the pallet houses, right, yeah. Yeah, well, whatever they are, you know, I I was watching, they look like little, um, you know, little RVs or something. They're really... And, um, well, well, they're they're, know, they're 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 the exteriors are made out of the same material as mobile homes, so they're not yeah, a fire. Exactly. They're not so, a fire hazard. Yeah. No, but I but just you know this and one other thing is this that I'd like to see. You know, I I, I guess I saw them on KPAX or the news station. You know, they had photos of them. That's how I saw them. And then I'm wondering, you know, I'd like to see a photo now and a photo a year from now. And to see what they look like, or well, even six months from now. Well, so I, if, if, that's, if, if that's you, just one thing. If you go to our website, uh, when when I first reported yeah. during the grand opening, I went inside, took several photos. I think didn't we have a gallery or something? Uh, not a gallery, but we posted well, a yeah. bunch you know, of them. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. that maybe that's where I saw the pictures with yeah. the bunks in there and the showed the opening for the air conditioning and the heater and you know. But anyway, I'm just curious what they'll look like in a year because uh, usually you know public housing just you know is a mess within a short period of time. And then one other question is maybe Nick's got an answer to this. I I heard from a friend of mine that the uh, the, the the city of Missoula wants to not get rid of the golf course but they don't want to manage it anymore or or keep it on the city budget or whatever however that goes so i'm you're, not sure what's you're, going you're talking on about there, you're talking about larchmont right larchmont yeah correct okay yeah. so what what do you know about larchmont I, I took a call sorry what, oh, what was go, go ahead, repeat your question uh, um but whether the city doesn't want to take doesn't want to manage Larchmont anymore, they want to give it away or or get rid of it or you know not necessarily shut it down, but they just don't want to uh, you know have to pay for it anymore. I that's my question. So uh, anyway, maybe um, Nick can talk a little bit about that. Well, I know that the county commissioners came on and they kind of put that to bed because they were talking about moving the course right, right and they said that right. that's just not happening. Yeah. So, but I don't know what the next steps are because um, I don't think that's a city thing. I think it's a county thing. Yeah. So, yeah. But the commissioners are going to be on the 31st this month. So we can definitely ask them. Yes. Okay, good. Well, I, I had just heard that from a friend of mine and he and I are avid golfers, but anyway, uh, I'll call back when, uh, when representative Zinke on them and maybe talk about this Ukraine thing. Sounds so, good, man. Thanks, right, thanks for the call. We're up against like a break. Seven two one twelve ninety. Tim is waiting. Uh, we're going to get his call on when we come back right after this on talk back. It's open phones. The hunt. 
Hi, I'm Carson Kressley. Of all the most valuable resources in the world, kindness is the most precious. For more than 140 years, American Humane has been working to make the world a kinder place for animals. Rescuing those caught in disasters, protecting animals on our farms, on the silver screen, and the world's remarkable and endangered species who need our care to help them survive. All of us can make a difference by making humane choices at the supermarket, in our choice of entertainment, and by supporting conservation and rescue efforts. It's not hard at all. Make being kind a lifestyle choice and visit AmericanHumane.org for simple ways you can help build a more caring, compassionate, and humane world for animals and for all of us. How was your drive to school? Let me tell you. I had to get my iced coffee first. I just can't seem to put it down. My favorite rapper just announced a tour. My phone was buzzing like crazy. I'm so excited. I had to text all my friends right then to talk about it. Then someone started calling me and... Let's try that again. I turned my phone off right away. I never drive distracted. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Need to replace your Social Security card? In most states, you can request one online with a My Social Security account. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can also get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Okay, we are back on TalkBack. Thanks for joining us here this morning. Let's uh, get Tim on the line. Tim, good morning. Thanks for holding. You're on TalkBack. Uh, yes. Yes, Peter. Yes, Nick. Uh, everybody out there. Oh, Colonel Tim. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, what I wanted to talk about is I had to uh, uh, counteract Dave's comment about uh, M2 Bradleys. Uh, way back in the day when the Bradley was deployed in the mid 80s, I was uh, one of the I was one of the first officers in the new Bradley Commander's course, and I, I uh, commanded a platoon as well as an executive officer company of Bradleys. The, the Bradleys uh, and the tanks, uh, the reason that they weren't the, M, uh, the, excuse me, the M1 tanks, is because of you don't want all this high-tech uh, things, that, uh, developments that are inside the tank to get into Russian hands or any enemy hands. They have a fire control mechanism, which means the sighting systems, the gunnery, uh, the infrared. And besides, each tank or Bradley uh, requires a lot of teamwork. It takes a lot of training to create a really good crew uh, to uh, fire these. And so they're just not something that's any rusting. They're all obviously all well-maintained by the military. And yes, I'm sure they, uh, there's a lot sitting in Europe there's a lot sitting in Texas and other places. We've got Bradleys all over the all over the world. And, uh, and anyway, that's uh, what I wanted to talk to him about. All right, sounds good, Colonel Tim. Thanks so much for for calling in. We appreciate it, sir. You, you bet. bet. And and Ryan, Ryan says thanks for your service, thanks by the way. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's move on and get Andy on the line. Andy, good morning. You're on Talkback. Go ahead, sir. Uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I've got a question for you guys and any callers. I was wondering why the right is so, uh, the far right is so pro-Putin. And maybe you guys know. 
Now, what, what do you mean by pro-Putin? Uh, how, how, how do you quantify that? Oh, I saw a speech that Marjorie Taylor Greene was giving at some event, and, and the person that introduced her were, was uh, saying Putin, or the whole crowd was dancing Putin, Putin, and this was since the, the invasion in, in the Ukraine. Wow. That's news to me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was introduced by some um, uh, ant- some white supremacist. Uh, so you can look it up on Google and, and watch the, uh, the video on YouTube. Must be true. But, so if anybody <laughs> out there knows, wh- knows why they're uh, so, so pro-Putin, I'd be interested to know. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, if, anybody, if anybody's uh, smart enough out there, I have no idea. Yep. All right, thanks for your time. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. I, yeah, I, I wish I knew. I, I mean, I, I could we'll blab- look into I, it. I yeah. could blather on, but uh, I would just be blathering. Well, so. I, I, think, I think most of us look at Putin as a war criminal. And if the definition of a war criminal isn't the willful, knowing, targeting, and killing of civilians, then I don't know what a war criminal is. So, so Putin's a war criminal. And we, we can talk later in, in depth about my opinion on Ukraine from experience of, you know, former SEAL commander. And I've spent a lot of time uh, with the Russians uh, and the Ukrainians. And, uh, you know, first of all, uh, we can talk about it for, for you know, a few, few seconds is that, look, my opinion is I totally you know, grew up under the John F. Kennedy. We will bear any burden, pay any price to ensure the survival of liberty. But this is not a, this is not a blank check. Is a what's the plan? You know, tell me what the plan is, because it's this is on on U.S. taxpayers' shoulders, and don't think for a moment Europe is helping. There, there, there is no strategy. Well, there, there's no plan, and right. and before you engage, uh, let's let's have a plan, and it is it is unrealistic to think that that Russia is going to give up the Crimean Peninsula. I mean, before this, before the last invasion of the Crimean Peninsula, historically. National security-wise, that's their only warm water port. It is not going to happen that they're going to give up the Crimean Peninsula. And I would, I would imagine they, they look at supply lines where that bridge uh, was blown, so they'll want to shore up those supply lines. Uh, but I, we have to go forward with a plan. Uh, and, and, again, this is not a blank check uh, because $80 billion plus, and, and you know, there's, there's consequences of, of, of getting it wrong. Uh, while Russia has been exposed, uh, their ability to project conventional power has been limited. And, and all of us were surprised. And this is not Afghanistan for the U.S. of, of power projection, uh, a long distance. This is an adjacent border uh, of Russia. So they were ineffective. Uh, their tanks were not well maintained. They did not uh, foresee the advance of drones. So we'll, 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 we'll talk about it in yes. depth. Yes, we will. And we have an hour to do it. So we're going to take our, our hard break here at the top of the hour. Phone lines are open. If you have a question or comment for Ryan Zinke, who's here in studio, give us a call. We'll be back. This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM, KGVO. 
Missoula's news and weather station. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's hour number two of Talkback, brought to you this morning by Phillips Janitorial, where they offer residential and commercial cleaning, and no job is too big or small. If you'd like a free estimate, just pick up the phone, call 406-260-6617. Also brought to you by Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery. All your New York favorites are there, flown in directly from uh, from Little Italy, by the way. Locks New York Cheesecake, Cannolis, delicious uh, bagel sandwiches, located out on North Reserve. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Okay, so it begins, ladies and gentlemen, an hour with Ryan Zinke, uh, personally right here in the studio. Thank you for taking the time to come see us. We appreciate it. You know, my pleasure. When I was a candidate, it was a lot different when you're when you're actually a congressman. Uh, you know, you, you, I work for you now. So, <laughs> well, in that case. <laughs> and there's a lot of issues. Uh, yeah, we could talk, you know, yeah. up front. Look, uh, you know, the, we have the House of Representatives. When I say we, the Republicans, uh, control the House of Representatives, but we do not control the Senate, nor do we control the administration. So there are, there are things we can and cannot do. Uh, one is, is the House can investigate, and, and the House should investigate, although my counsel is be judicial, don't go on a fishing expedition, we don't have to, and don't abuse the power. Because the last group abused the power, and don't take the bait. Because there has to be a right and wrong. There has to be a moral compass. And if both sides decide we're going to lie, cheat, and steal, then what's the difference? So uh, we owe it to the American people to be the moral compass, investigate corruption, investigate the Constitution, investigate those important things, but don't abuse the power. And probably the most important thing we can do is power the purse. Uh, We can stop excessive spending, and we can defund uh, some of the things that these these new rules that came out, Waters of the U.S. is one of them. Uh, the Biden administration recently uh, put another rule in, and Waters of the U.S. for the listeners is that the federal government wants control and jurisdiction over intermittent streams and ponds. Uh, when you do a laydown in Montana, it's about 90%. And I just, I'm not comfortable with the federal uh, government uh, dictating our cow ponds. So we, we need to defund that. What I need to fund, defund their ability to enforce it, think about it, store data, move data, and, and put it at all stop. Uh, the ATF just put rules out, you know, against the Second Amendment again. So, and I don't think tomorrow morning the, the administration is going to wake up and say, you know, I was wrong. So I think they're going to double down on rules. And the only way to be effective is the Republican caucus has to act together. Together, uh, you can't. You is, can't. Uh, you can't that, have. Is that possible? Well, all right. The the leadership wasn't was an exercise, and you know I'm fine with the debate, but it wasn't about conservative or moderates. Uh, most of the founding members of Freedom Caucus, Jim Jordan, uh, President Trump, you know, were all behind McCarthy. I just wanted unity um, because we're, we we only can be effective uh, if we act together. And let me give you an example. All of us on the Republican side said enough of the omnibuses, enough of this wasteful vehicles. And what happens is if you don't pass your bills, they get wrapped up in this giant wasteful beast called an omnibus. Then if you can't make a decision, you punt and it's called a continuing resolution. That's not the way to run a government and and it's shameful. But in order not to do an omnibus, the House has to pass appropriation bills. Those are hard bills. There's 12 of them. Because if the House doesn't, can't unify, and I say, you know, circle the wagons, shoot out, not in, 
no snipers inside the perimeter. If you want to advance, you got to work together and you got to unify. It's better to have a Republican series of, of appropriation bills, even though they're not going to be perfect, uh, than to get jammed uh, with a Senate omnibus bill. And so we're going to have to work together because I can't defend Montana by putting in riders to fund WOTUS if they don't pass. Now, before we go to calls, I did, I, I did want to ask you about one thing, and, and that is we, as of today, we've officially reached our debt limit. So I want to find that because I know the Congress has the power of the purse. So uh, when it comes to all the things that we have to do as a government that we've just been borrowing and borrowing and borrowing and borrowing, now we're, what, 30-some trillion dollars in debt. Um, is Does this Congress that you're working in right now have the power or the, uh, if you will, the will to try to uh, slow that down? Well, my opinion is this. The answer is increase the debt ceiling. Hell no. Uh, not unless we have a plan. Uh, same thing with the Ukraine. Tell me what the plan is. Uh, tell me how we're going to curb the budget. Tell, tell me how, you know, because uh, we all go to the, you know, in, in Congress and let you know in the budget. Only 28% of the budget now is what's called discretionary. That's what funds defense and interior and state department, the normal workings of the government, 28%. 70%, over 70% is on auto drive where Congress doesn't even get a review of it. That's all the entitlement side, right? And there's programs that are failing. There's programs that are successful, but you need to review them. And you can't pay people not to work. But you, you have to, in order to balance this thing, you got to open up both sides of the budget. And, and, and right now, you know, uh, in my, in my, in my, uh, my vote is, is, is I want to plan. Uh, because the, the, the burden of debt, we're going to end up paying more interest than, who's, than who's, Department of Defense. Who's going to make that plan? Well, yeah, the House, uh, appropriations, and again, uh, I'm, I sit on appropriations, so it's, it's uh, at, at this juncture, you have investigations and appropriations. So appropriations for Montana is important. Um, but I, I, I think I and, and many others in, in, the, in the caucus won't budge in this issue unless we have a plan. Okay, and with that, we're up against a break. We have Susan and Doug and Tom and who else? Somebody bunch else. Of names. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of names. Everybody wants to talk with Ryan Zinke. We'll begin that process. I'm sorry, I was selfish. I had to get my own question out there first. We're going to come right back. It was a good question, too. Yeah. We'll be right back after this. My name is Teresa Barber. I was in the United States Navy, and I served overseas in the Middle East and Africa. Early on in my career, I had a commander that taught our suicide prevention training, and the very next day, he took his own life. 90% of suicide attempts involving a gun are fatal. My way of continuing my service is to help protect my community by being a responsible gun owner and by storing firearms safely. Store all your guns securely. Help stop suicide. Brought to you by N Family Fire and the Ad Council. Okay, we are back on TalkBack. 721-1290 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. Ryan Zinke is uh, joining us here in the studio. Let's get right to it. Susan has been waiting the longest. Susan, you're on with our congressman. Go ahead. Good morning, Susan. Hey, hey Ryan. How are you? I am outstanding considering the circumstance. Well, I first of all want to thank you for joining 90% of the Republicans in continuing to vote to get a Speaker of the House 
quickly, and I appreciate that. Um, secondly, we just, I just learned that one of our uh, congressmen fell off his roof yesterday, seriously injuring himself. And then we have the other Republican that is lying about his resume up in New York who may actually end up being kicked out of Congress, although we have a president that is lying about his resume. But I digress. Um, what uh, is the chance of this Congress getting anything done? Because realistically, you have such a narrow margin, and now we may lose two more Republicans. Yeah. And don't cut me off. I'm, I may do a follow-up question. All right. Then we're just okay. going to turn you down. Go so ahead. So I think, I think Congress can do two things. We can investigate again as long as we're judicial. I, I, I think we have a free lane. Uh, Jim Jordan, a good friend of mine who also supported McCarthy, by the way, because I talk to him um, you know, frequently. So, uh, he's a bulldog. I, I think he'll do a great job in investigations. And, and those investigations need to take place. On the financial side, as long as we're together, Susan... Uh, we can we can f pass the appropriations bills, uh, best interest of Montana on a lot of issues, water and guns and all those type of things. Uh, but but again, we have to act together. And the, our fine gentleman from Florida, uh, I understand it. It, it, it while well, his roof fall is never good, uh, he'll make it back. On uh, the gentleman from New York, Santos, uh, you know, my recommendation is send it to the the ethics committee. Let them verify the veracity of the allegations. They look bad. Uh, and then, you know, you, you got to police your own. Uh, you know, again, I'll go back to, look, there's a moral compass of right and wrong. Uh, don't take the bait to accept wrong. Uh, and, and if the allegations are true, and the most serious is probably the campaign finance. So if that, then I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think the Republicans have any choice. He should not be the face of the Republican Party. All right, Susan, does that help <clears throat> Well, no, then, then the follow-up question is, how many votes, if everybody votes together, which Republicans are a little bit like pussycats, you never can hurt them, um, how many votes do you realistically have to get a very aggressive legislative agenda through, and are you going to be able to to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Okay, thanks for the call, Susan. Go well, ahead. well, the magic number is 218, if there's less numbers. Now, remember when, if members, uh, there was one, one gentleman from Virginia who passed away, and unlike the Senate, you can't appoint. So there, you know, the House is that body that you need to be elected. So the governor or, or bodies can't appoint. Uh, but the magic number is is around 218. Uh, we have 225. Even if we peel off two, we have 220. Uh, there's been smaller majorities that have been effective. Um, but they've been united. They've been united. And, th and this is where where it's important to act together and act in the best interest of Montana and, and, and the country. And, um, you know, we, we, we went through the exercise of the speaker. We got out on the other side. Uh, what doesn't kill you in the seals makes you stronger. So, you know, and, and, and all viewpoints were heard, believe me, over and over and over again until the 15th round. Uh, but, you know, and now we're looking at, you know, uh, my principal focus is now appropriations bills. 
because again, I'll say I'll say it uh, again and tell them blue is that it is better to have a Republican conservative series of appropriations, even though they're not going to be perfect, uh, than to get jammed with a Senate omnibus version that's Schumer that is fraught with the things that we hate. Is it possible to do single single issue bills? That's be what we're doing. Uh, we, we're the, the, the reason I ask that is because when you hear of an omnibus, there's sometimes there's 30, 40 different things in this gigantic bill, and it's become the order of the day in the past. Right, and on the appropriations, how it works is there's 12 appropriation bills, uh, and those, those series of 12 appropriation bills all have to be passed, and that's your appropriation package, right? If we don't have that, then when we go into the final negotiation towards the end of the year, we don't have anything to negotiate on. Uh, so we, it puts us in a, a very tenuous position. So well, Republicans and, you know, all of us uh, should, should focus on, 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 the, on the same mission. We've got to curb spending. Uh, we've got to open up both sides of the books. We have to hold the, the opposition accountable. I'm just like, you know, I want people to hold me accountable, too. Let's get to another call. This is Doug. Thanks, Susan. Doug, uh, go ahead. What's up, sir? Morning, Doug. Uh, thank you, uh, Senator, for joining the public. Um, I have a couple of questions. Uh, the, the first one is, what do we do about an administration that, even though they lose, uh, cases in the Supreme Court, they go ahead and ignore it and do what they want to do anyway. That's that's my first question. And that's a good and my question. Second question. And my and my second question is, as the general populace of the conservatives in um, the state of Montana uh, and probably across the nation. One of, the, one of the main frustrations that we had with Speaker McCarthy uh, is the amount of money that he spent to support Republicans that consistently vote with the Democrats. And I'll point to uh, Murkowski, Murkowski as an example. Um, and the, he... The fact that he spends money to defeat true conservative Republicans is absolutely asinine. We it, and it typifies the fact that they that they they put the priority on accomplishing their agenda rather than strengthening for the future. And I just I would like you to speak to the fact that you were absolutely missing in action uh, when Rosendale was, was willing to put himself up front in that debate, uh, which resulted in a stronger House and a return to true okay. conservative principles. Okay. Tell, tell you, tell we're we're going to take a break and I'll answer both your questions when we come back. Absolutely. And we, thank, we appreciate your call, Doug. Thank you. Uh, we, I, I, I'm on the time schedule here. We're going to come right back after this quick timeout. Uh, and we'll get Ryan's answer to those two questions.
Hey, we're back. Uh, a little bit of confusion with uh, the previous call. Uh, first of all, you're not Senator Zinke. You are Congressman Zinke. And, yeah, I work uh, for a living. Yeah, so <laughs> so uh, tell me uh, your, your answer to Doug's questions. Uh, first, what can we do? Uh, the administration is the only checks and balance is the House. And I would say in this, because we don't have the Senate, we don't have the administration, the House is really the last line of freedom. So in order to be effective, you can't have snipers inside the perimeter. You have to act as a body. Be effective is you got to defund them. So they're, they're not going to get anything through uh, the, 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 the Congress on law, but they're going to do a lot on rules. And what we have to do is defund the rules. We defund uh, their, their change on waters of the U.S. We defund uh, their assault on the Second Amendment. We defund ESG. That's how we do it. And if they try to move money around, the back door, we investigate them. So on the, on the leadership, uh, you know, look at it as a primary. You have 92% of the caucus behind one individual, and it isn't conservative or, or moderate or rhino because there's, you know, Jim Jordan, President Trump. And by the way, don't ignore President Trump. When, when, a, when a president calls you, you answer. I've been with prime ministers before, and the president has called, and I step out. I always take it. And it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter whether it's President Biden, President Trump, you answer the phone. But on the speaker, it really wasn't about policy. So tell me during that week, was energy talked about? Was border talked about? Was budget talked about? No. What was talked about is we just don't like McCarthy. Okay, uh, I understand McCarthy's not been a stalwart of, of conservatism. But I can tell you in my experience, I've been through a lot of battles in my life. And I have. And not every commanding general is George S. Patton. Because generals don't win wars. It's the front line. And in the House, the Speaker doesn't pass bills. It's the House members. It's the committee members. And it is the people holding their representatives accountable. So you, you pass bills and, and you, don't, you don't give up. So, you know, I'm going to, hey, look, you know, we're, we're through that. I think there's a lot of grandstanding. Uh, no rules really changed. Uh, it went from five to one on, on vacate the seat. Rules are there. Now we're, it's behind us. Let's get things done up front. Let's get another call in. This is Tom. Tom, thanks for holding. You're on with Ryan Zinke. Go ahead. Yeah, good morning, Commander. Um, good morning. You know, uh, back in the, uh, the early 60s, uh, we started with uh, advisors in Vietnam and uh, the next thing you know, in 1967, I was in Vietnam. So thank you I for your like service, by the way, and, and welcome home. This, about this, this thank you about this mission creep we're on now. Just uh, recently, we're talking about training the Ukrainians now, and you know the way this administration lies to us. And I'm I'm thinking we we might already have guys on the ground over there. So you know, I I, I hope you're uh, all in on uh, this. This mission creep thing. Stop with the blank checks, and uh, just maybe give your opinion on what we're doing right now, and and where do you think this is going to end up? Because if it's like any other Democrat administration, like um, Jack Kennedy getting us into Vietnam, it, it could be the same with uh, Mr. Biden. So, I'll, thanks, Commander. Well, again, on, on Ukraine, my position is this: is no more blank check. What's the objective, and and what what's the end state going to look like? Uh, yes, we are, fa and we are Ukraine through the U.S., and let's be clear, uh, Ukraine alone doesn't have the capacity. It was the U.S. and not our NATO allies that haven't spent anything. When they say move tanks from Europe, 
I, I think when, when this whole thing started, literally Germany had less than two tanks that were C1. Germany. Uh, and the, the, white, the Montana National Guard has that. So, you know, they, we didn't get a lot of support from, from Europe and NATO. Uh, so the U.S. Is, is bearing the burden. Uh, again, and what's the end state? You know, it, you know, looking at it, the models that I'm familiar with, we're, we're talking about the east, uh, Ukraine, is that, you know, when we went through Iraq, there was a semi-autonomous zone uh, where, and I, I'm, I'm looking at that eastern section of the Dobar region, Crimean Peninsula, uh, where... I, I don't. I don't think Russia is going to give it up. Uh, I don't. I, and and Russia has nukes, uh, so you know you, you know you have to be, you have to be careful on on this, right? And the Russians are getting beat up pretty bad. Long term, probably is in their favor, but I would I would think that we would want a semi autonomous zone that that sector gets to vote uh, within the Ukrainian. They'd be a minority, but uh, there has to be an end state of where we're going because I am not. Uh, a big advocate of a blank check. The last time a blank check was given that area in Bosnia, it cost us World War I. Uh, so, you know, buyer beware on blank checks. Okay, let's uh, take a, uh, go ahead and get, get one more call in before we take a break. Yeah, Skip. Hi, Skip. Uh, Skip, good morning. Good morning, on. Skip. Good morning, good morning, uh, Commander. Um, I'm down here in Hamilton, and uh, I was so happy, and my friend Tony also, who you know, we're, we're so happy when you finally got elected and could get there and get something done. Well, that makes Thanks one of us. On the, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, the, the, uh, thanks for getting on the news a couple of times and explaining to people how we, you know, in this case, how we got to get McCarthy uh, in there at this uh, because we're wasting so much time. You got to get stuff done. And uh, adversely to what Doug was saying, uh, I'm happy that you took the stand that you did. And uh, because we had a Democrat, if I'm not mistaken, that was getting up like to 210 votes before the last vote to get McCarthy in. But I, I appreciate you explaining things like the omnibus situation. But could you please explain what you brought up just once in a sentence so far today about the one vote uh, that, that you finally had to settle on, McCarthy had to settle on, that, so that one representative could challenge? I think that's the way it goes. Would you explain how that rule works, please? Tell you sure. what, we'll do, that, we'll do that right after the break. Uh, sorry about that. That's my job. And we're going to come right back, and he'll answer that question. We also have Harry, Emmett, and Kevin all waiting in line to talk with Congressman Ryan Zinke. We'll be right back. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips that you plan in advance, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing? Or your daughter's first birthday party? You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our quince's. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. 
Okay, we're back on Talkback. Uh, uh, Congressman Ryan Zinke here in the studio. Okay, uh, some pretty uh, uh, an interesting question that you just uh, we promised you would answer. Go ahead. Yep, and uh, first is to set it up is the, the speaker vote wasn't really about McCarthy. It was about unity of effort because in order to be effective, we have to unify. So if another person would have got 202 votes, uh, I would have stood behind that person too. Uh, so is it about unity of effort? Because the only way we're going to be effective is we have to act together because the majority is, is, is too tight. So one of the, the changes in the rules, and it was really much to do about nothing, uh, to use the Shakespearean analogy, is to vacate the chair. Uh, coming in, now bear in mind, there was, there was the caucus got together and made the rules. So there, there wasn't any significant changes from the Thanksgiving period when we went to the rules to what came out of the end. One of the changes that got the press was vacating the chair from five votes to one. That means any member, uh, if it's in order, can, can uh, move to vacate the chair on a, on a, on a privilege. Okay. The difference between five and one, yeah, you know, there was there was number of holdouts. They they have the numbers. It really doesn't change anything. It's more it's more of a of a soundbite, but that's that's what the rule is about. Uh, again, you know, it's not about you know a person. And to me, the the argument was can the can the Republicans govern? Because I, I on a scale of one to ten, the speaker vote was probably a six in difficulty. Oh, here comes the appropriations package. And there's a lot of things that, that quite frankly, we're going to have to hold our nose and vote on uh, because you got a, you got a caucus that's that's pretty wide in, in diversity, and you got a, the New York delegation. They got they got more than six uh, in there, so we have to we, we have to form it as a Republican appropriations. And there's there's things like uh, State Department's in there, foreign aid's in there. That's one of the one of the packages. Uh, so there's people that hate the foreign aid, any of it. So we got we got to navigate as, as a body uh, in order to advance. Uh, you know, in a military sense, you, you got to work together. So you can't have snipers inside the perimeter. We're through the, the speaker. Let's get on to business of the appropriations and make sure we do it right. Okay, let's get Harry on the line. First of all, Harry, thank you for your patience and holding. You're on with Ryan Zinke. Go Good ahead. Good morning, sir. Harry. Good morning, Ryan. Uh, yeah, on this uh, debt ceiling thing. Uh, this uh, th it's the whole, since the whole uh, strength of the United or the, of the um, dollar is based on confidence, you know, the full what is it, faith and confidence in in the government, American government economy. That uh, by if we start defaulting, playing games with this, and saying, well, we're not going to pay our debts, that actually weakens our the whole the faith and confidence in the in our in our system and so actually it's doing more harm than you know i i, I agree that you know debt is a bad thing eventually i mean especially a, a large debt eventually but right it ain't anything right now and if uh we start doing this it actually weakens it right now and maybe other countries might looking at well maybe the chinese uh yen is a better bet so i mean you know, right now i when i look at it it's like well we want the we're going to burn down the house because we got some dry rot. I mean that that's what I'm looking at. So uh, it doesn't seem like the place to be fighting this battle. And also on the on all these other spending bill or any kind of spending, doesn't those have to go through the Senate too? Which might be a problem with uh, getting what you guys want through. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and that's questions. a good point. Okay. No argument that defaulting has consequences. Uh, one is what you know when you do borrow. 
and, and you default, it means you're going to have to pay a higher interest rate. You know, our interest rates right now, you know, are at the point where we're probably going to pay more interest than the Department of Defense, which is sitting at like $760 billion. Uh, and when you default, it does because the the, the dollar is is a, is a peg currency on a, on, a, on a lot of transitions. So it it creates a lot of lot of havoc. Uh, Thirty one trillion. Uh, we're to that point where all right, this is big money now, uh, and when we're we're spending like it's like it's you know no tomorrow. So we just have to have a plan. And again, out of the budget, uh, we will debate on appropriations about twenty eight percent of the budget. Uh, that's defense and interior and State Department, and all that, all that stuff. The other side is is auto glide on this mandatory spending. You can't balance a budget. I'm I'm an advocate balance the budget in ten years, but you got to open up both sides. It doesn't mean you're going to cut on that side. There's some programs that that are successful probably need to increase funding. The ones that are good. There's some programs that are dismal failure that need to go away. But this is what a review process does. And right now, Congress doesn't even, doesn't even open it up to review these things. It's an automatic, and when we shut the government down, it doesn't shut down the mandatory side. It shuts down our parks and State Department and, and raises havoc with the military because they can't buy anything and new programs, so there's, there's a lot of consequence. What, I, what I'm hoping is, look, we're going we're gonna to open up both sides of the budget. Uh, we're going to have a plan uh, how to stop this excessive spending because if we don't, the whole system's going to fail anyway. We're just, once again, punting the ball when we, when we should be driving it up the middle. Let's uh, get another call on. This is Emmett. Emmett, thanks for holding so long, sir. You're, you're on with Ryan Zinke. Go ahead. Uh, thank you very much. It's an honor. Uh, thank you very much for your service to the country. But a couple of important questions. One, I saw on Fox News something extremely, extremely disturbing. Um, a, a congressman named uh, Sheila Jackson Lee has introduced a bill that would make it a criminal offense to have white supremacist speech online or whatever or in a flyer or whatever i'm against racism i celebrated the you know the martin luther king you know holiday um a couple of days ago it was wonderful i've had african-american friends racism appalls me but under our constitution under our you know first amendment we have the right to say any odious thing even if it's racialist I'm worried that there'd be a whole bunch of people in jail simply for thought crime. 1984, like in that novel. Right. I've even subscribed to papers like the American Free Press, which has had racialist advertisements in there. Now, would you oppose something like a terrible bill like this? Because I believe freedom of speech isn't for comfortable speech. It's even for freedom. It's for speech that offends. My second question, it's back to the budget. <clears throat> now, I do believe we need to cut spending... There are programs in place, though, like the food stamp program, the WIC, and TANF, and other things that need to stay. Social Security needs to stay. I'm a senior citizen now. I've been on Social Security for a while, but we can't cut those things. Let's not cut what um, really, really helps people, and I'm worried that safety net spending would be cut. All right. So would you support those things? And I'll get off the air and listen. Yeah, All right. We're going we're gonna to take another break again, and I'll answer them right after the break. You bet. I, I thank you for saying that. I'll just push my button. Here we go. You know, if this, if this, if this. <laughs> no matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban 
or rural. You must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Okay, we're back on uh, Talkback. Now, a couple of very important questions from Emmett, so go ahead. Well, Emmett, how I view uh, the way I look at bills, first, is it constitutional? Uh, and that seems to me a, a breach in freedom of speech, so it's not constitutional, no doubt in my mind. I, I know the gentlewoman from Texas. She's pretty tough. Uh, but they're gonna, the Democrats are going to put bills in that they want votes on the floor and records so they can they can go back and run their campaigns. But uh, in my view, it's not constitutional. And the second thing is it in the best interest of Montana. You know, Montana's unique. We're not Idaho. We're not Wyoming. We're not Dakotas. Uh, we love our public outdoors experience. Uh, Agriculture is big. But, but things in, in Montana might not be the same uh, in Louisiana. So you got to defend the home team. And this is where relationships matter. Uh, because it, it, the grizzly bears is an example. Now, grizzly bears in Montana is a big deal. We have too many of them to be managed, et cetera, et cetera. Grizzly bears in, in Louisiana and Alabama, not so much. Uh, but what is, is red snapper. So I'm a red snapper expert uh, because I always go with, with Alabama and Louisiana on the red, red snapper issue because that's how you get things done is that i got to convince the other 218 members that Montana's issues are just as important to them as they are to me. So a little of this relationship basing. And then on, 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 the, on the budget, the question was... Uh, Social Security yeah. and food yeah. stamps. Right. You, you gotta, and I, I agree. When, when you say review, you know, the Democrats, well, oh, he's going to cut. It's not necessarily cut. It's review because some programs need a review uh, because sometimes they're wasteful. They're not being administrated correctly. They need more flexibility. Uh, you know, Medicare... You know, when, when doctors start only only uh, provide what's on their on, on their iPad, they don't have flexibility sometimes. And they'll tell you, no, this is a lot more cost effective, a lot more effective if we do this treatment or regimen. But it's not on my iPad because that's what that's not what's what's being paid for, right? So flexibility and get the power base out of DC and get it towards the front line. That's a, that's effective way, a way to, to fight these battles that we face, either inflation or medical or, you know, pick one, right, these issues. I'm, I'm a big advocate for, I've never learned a lot from the headquarters. You learn a lot when you go to the front line on this show in time talking to people. Right. But push the resources to the front line and let them be distributed uh, okay. the way it should be. Let's get another call in. Uh, Kevin's been waiting the longest. Kevin, thank you for your patience, sir. Go ahead. Oh, you bet. Uh, thank you. Morning, uh, Kevin. I just have some comments. Number one is, if we were going to hold Santos to uh, standards of not lying, we need to get rid of Senator Blumenthal. If you talk about a lie, when you lie about your military service, that's a big one. Big and one. the truth is, if we went ahead and sanctioned all of Congress for lying, we'd probably lose about 90% of the people there. So that's just probably the way it is. Uh, I, I, I would say I, I heard this argument one time that this get rid of the incompetence. If competence were a, a measure in D.C., you're right. It would be pretty, pretty, you know, empty aisles, wouldn't it? Sure would. As far as McCarthy goes in this process that went through, I know you're one way or the other. doesn't matter. It was a good thing for a lot of us out here to see that at least there are some people who are willing to stand and fight for something 
even if it didn't make a difference, at least we were happy to hear somebody in Congress fight. We don't, and that's why McCarthy has had such a bad time, is because he's never really stood up and fought, and that's why the Republican Party has not uh, done very well. Of course, when you don't have the news behind mainstream news behind you, it's awful hard to get your words out. No, and that was a fair um, point, you know, and, and everyone should have a voice, you know, and I, I agree with that. Uh, and and now we're through that. So to me, it's in the rearview mirror. That's that's move out smartly now. That's operate effectively and, Kevin, and thank do, you. do those two things. Thanks, thanks, Kevin. Thanks for the call. Uh, up next, it is Jeff. Jeff, good morning. You're on Talkback with Ryan Zinke. Go ahead. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, good morning, Ryan. I got. A, I have a question about the Fear Act. Before I ask the question, I want to set the table. And uh, recently, on the on the floor of the House, you uh, talked about the weaponization of the uh, bureaucracy. And my concern is the literal weaponization, the militarization of the executive branch. Um, The Homeland Security Act of 2002 extended law enforcement authority to to special agents of 24 offices of inspectors general. As of now, over 100 agencies in the executive have the ability to carry guns and have stockpiled ammunition. They've spent almost $3 billion on weapons and ammunition. I mean, we're talking about agencies like the, uh, the Railroad Retirement Board. We're talking about things like... Uh, Our the friends of the IRS. Out. Yeah, the, well, the EPA going out and actually raiding uh, small car shops because they're in, installing... Uh, equipment that circumvents emission regulations on race cars. These are cars that are not street legal. These are cars that go on racetracks. But you had 12 armed federal agents uh, going into these shops and, uh, and confiscating equipment and records. I mean, the whole, the, the bureaucracy is out of control in a lot of ways, but one of the big ways is, is with actual weapons. And so... Going back to your Fear Act and asking my question: Does the Fear Act, the uh, the uh, Federal Employee uh, Accountability and Reduction Act, does do you have anything in there that talks about reducing the weaponization and militarization okay. of these agencies, so that uh, those of us out here in the hinterlands don't have to worry about some federal agent with a badge, some Barney? Uh, fight with a badge and uh, and a bullet decides that he wants to come out here and confiscate something that, according to some obscure regulation, uh, violates federal law. Jeff, good question. And in one minute, we'll have an answer. Uh, so one minute timeout. We'll be right back after this quick timeout with uh, Ryan Zinke. Okay, we are we are like eight minutes away from being done, and uh, just some really good questions from Jeff. Go ahead. Well, I, I think we should all be in fear when the IRS has more firepower than SEAL Team Six. We got problems when the Postal Service and, and these number of federal agencies are weaponized. It literally uh, this, this goes back to this is why it's important uh, on to defund these guys uh, uh, on what I would say is an out of control agenda. Look, if, if if you need to pick up someone in Montana, then use the sheriff. You know, sheriffs are, are a pretty good tool in the great state of Montana. They're good people, but we don't we don't need federal agents coming in heavy handed, uh, looking at car parts. 
or 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 cow ponds. So so, but you know, it goes back to how do you, how do you push back? Well, you push back by the power of the purse uh, and investigate it and 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 highlight the abuse. Because I think most Americans sit firmly with us is that this is abusive. Okay, let's uh, move on to Julie. Julie, thanks for holding. Go ahead. You're on with Ryan Zinke. Um, good morning, sir. Thank you for sharing your time with us. My pleasure. It's kind of my job. I like the job. Good. Um, my question is that there are two factions of conservatives here that are really in disagreement on the coalition of states and the freedom coalition. And I was wondering if you could briefly define them and what your opinion is would be the best course for Montana and the country. I, I think she's talking about the, conven the convention of states. Is, is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Convention of States, where they're, they're proposing constitutional amendments. No, I'm, I'm hearing arguments on both sides. Um, and Thanks, Julie. I'm, st I'm still under the belief that it's fixable uh, without going to that. But we're going to see this year. Uh, you know, if the Republicans can coalesce around mutually uh, agreed upon goals, uh, that, that's curb the spending. That, that's that's uh, highlight the the wrongs of this administration. Uh, that's investigate corruption. Those things should be united goals. And if we get through there, then then I think. But but if we can't get that uh, done, then I think you got to go to the next step. And so I, I'm I'm not quite there yet. But you know I wasn't there on uh, for a long time on term limits. I'm there now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I've seen it. Is, look, we got we, we got to got to take some action here. You know, someone you know you know was, had mentioned that now uh, term limits would have would have to be a constitutional issue. Would it, it would, yeah. uh, and there's an amendment. Uh, there's a, a bill uh, asking for a constitutional amendment on term limits. You know, on term limits. Yeah, I was you know when you when you're first coming, it's like being a private in the army. You know, you don't understand the system. You know, you don't have the skill set. Then pretty soon you learn it, and then you become effective. And you're, you're making changes and you're viewing Washington, D.C. as what you should as, as the adversary. The moment you view Washington, D.C. as normal, this is, the, this is the way it should be, that's when they got you. And that's when you got to leave. So, you know, with 20 years, there, there, there's some formula in there. Uh, I kind of like the way that Montana does it. You can rotate back and forth as long as you sit out. And so there, there's ways to approach it. But you, you got to remove the consolidation of power. And you have to move the consolidation power on the bureaucracy side, too, because you can't limit the tools on the Congress and, and let the bureaucracy run free. So there has to be a balance on, on, on limits. We have exactly five minutes left. Let's get uh, Candy on. Candy, good morning. You're good on morning, Ryan. Candy. Hi, Brian. How are you? I am outstanding. Thank you. I just I'm wanna... in Montana, so how, you know, yeah. this is always good. <laughs> uh, I just want to set a premise. Um, the father of my three oldest children was SEAL Team 2, Coronado, and was wounded in Vietnam. So, and I uh, respect your service, too. Well, thank you. But, yes, I want to go back to the documents uh, on Biden's side, where um, Dan Bongino uh cited a piggy bank through Ukraine. And it so happened that uh, Zelensky uh, signed a crypto law for the banks just before 
the elections in uh, the states. And uh, also there were 30 to 40 biolabs located in Ukraine, and there was human trafficking going on in Ukraine. Could it be that Putin uh, saw something we didn't and has um, reasons of his own uh, to be in there? I'm not saying that this is a good thing at all, but I think there are outstanding reasons for um, some type of aggression on his from his view. All right, uh, so Candy, okay. th- th- and, th- and, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. And, uh, go and, ahead. And this is my view. We got three minutes. I, I think I think Putin, and this is conjecture. I think Putin saw our exit of Afghanistan as a sign of weakness. Uh, which it was, he saw a a Europe that was not aligned, a uh, Europe that could not uh, come up with a swift swift system, uh, and then they were totally dependent on Russian resources for fuel, energy, manufacture, et cetera, et cetera. And 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 Putin was clearly uh, against Ukraine joining an alliance, NATO. So he looked at it as I, I think probably an opportunity. And I think that he saw his military force to be so superior, it would be a, a, a weekend drive. Well, it wasn't uh, for, a, for a lot of reasons. And so we're here, and now what do we do? And again, this is being funded in the backs of the U.S. taxpayer. I think, I think we, all, we all deserve where are we going. We, so, have, we have two minutes, so this is your yeah. opportunity to make a closing statement. Well, and, and, and uh, for folks out there, you know... Uh, it is fixable. Uh, we're America, so I'm still an, op- an optimist. Uh, in order to have an adequate checks and balance, which is part of the brilliance of our democracy, is because the Republicans have a slim majority, the only way to be effective is to act together. Uh, now, we, everyone can have a say, but, every, but an individual doesn't get the say because it's, it's a body. So, you know, everyone has to, has to work together for the benefit of Montana, for the benefit of our country. And the direction, the path, the commitment to America is kind of the guideline of where we're going to go. If you haven't seen it, it's online. Uh, kind, of, kind of look at it. And I'd appreciate your comments on it. Now, for Montana, there's now, some... Where, ad- where would we find that? Uh, you can just go online and go commitment to America. Okay. And we'll, we'll post a, a link to our, right. our site. The other thing is the farm bill. The farm bill's coming up. So the, the farm bill is going to be a bipartisan bill, but it's extraordinarily important in Montana. Uh, we can probably put a tab in, in WOTUS. But if we lose, this, lose the step up on our family farms and ranches, there won't be one left in Montana. Mm. So there's a, there's a lot of things that we need to do to protect uh, Montana, our values uh, here and, and our lifestyle. And again, the, the only way we can adequately defend and advance is to work together. And I'm, I'm, you know, Montana's one big state, and issues of the East are the same as the issues in the West. Most of it's, it's a federal government overreaching. 
It's a pleasure having you here. Thank you. And likewise, and um, hopefully I'll be a, a frequent flyer visitor. Absolutely. And you're welcome anytime. Okay. So Nick, God bless. Well, yeah, thank you, sir. What's a, coming up on tomorrow's fabulous program? There, uh, Patrick Barkey, the director of the Bureau of Business and Economic Research at UM. Their uh, Outlook seminar is coming up next week. Excellent. All right. And I want to say thank you to uh, Ryan Zinke and thank you to all of the folks who waited so long online uh, on hold to talk with him. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 6 on Montana Morning.